1: Well, the Bulldogs are going dancing. Just found out we're going to the NCAA tournament and men's basketball. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield, and this is the show we promised you last night that we would come back and do. And Charlie, man, hey, back in the NCAA tournament, it sure feels good to have meaningful basketball in the month of March.
0: I had forgotten what it felt like to be nervous on Selection Sunday, and I want to tell you, I have cleaned up my office I have paced around the block. I have done everything I can do to calm my nerves. And finally, but it, hey, it got tense at the end. When I saw NC State not in a play-in game, man, my, my watch was telling me, you need to sit down, and I was already sitting down.
1: Well, when I saw NC State got in without a buy, I bye, or with a buy, I realized real quick that we were going to Dayton. And you know it's it's kind of interesting, and we kind of poke fun at Joe Leonardo a little bit. And hey, that's his job, what he does. You know, he did a pretty good job again. I don't know if he's got it, how much insider information he's got with the committee, but he had Rutgers in the tournament and Nevada out. Nevada made the tournament, Rutgers stayed out. NC State, he had them as a team that was going to Dayton. They received the bye, and we were the first team that had to go to Dayton. And so it was pretty close to what he said, and. But, hey, at the end of the day, man, you know, we're an 11 seed playing against Pitt. Haven't played Pitt in a long time. I was trying to go back and think about this. We played Pitt in the NIT back in 2001, and we won up there. Derek Zimmerman scored 15 points. Markel Patterson had 11. Quentin Smith and Antonio Jackson both had 10 points each. That was in the old Fitzgerald Fieldhouse up there in We won 66-61 to back in 2001.
0: I had forgotten about that. I remembered playing them in the NIT, but I forgot that that was the old Antonio Jackson, Derek Zimmerman years. Yeah,
1: was that like the game before we got beat by Tulsa? You know, that last-second shot that we thought we made, and then they waved it off, and they went to video monitors, and I think that was right before the Tulsa loss.
0: That sounds right now that I think about it. I think that's exactly right.
1: And that was the game that Jim Ellis had to do on TV on ESPN because the guy who was supposed to do the play-by-play didn't get the assignment. And so they showed up here with a color analyst without a play-by-play analyst. And Larry Templeton called me and says, Hey, Bart, I need you to get over to baseball to finish baseball because Jim's got to do the game on ESPN.
0: I remember that. I'd forgotten exactly what the circumstances were. I couldn't remember if it was weather or what happened, but I remember Jim doing that ball game.
1: Oh, yeah. So, hey. We go to Dayton. We talked about this the other day, about how, you know, that's a that's a that's a basketball craved place. And so you play Pitt. All right, first impressions of Pitt. What what do you got? What what have you been able been able to decipher about the Panthers?
0: This is a team that has really bounced back from where they were a year ago. This time last year, they were talking about Jeff Capel not having a job. Four straight seasons under five had hadn't been to postseason, had had off-court problems. They finished third in the league. They win 22 games this year. They had, you know, a couple of rough losses. They lost at Notre Dame. Of course, always a tough place to go into South Bend in any sport, Bart. But, you know, they're they're pretty good. I tell you, just a quick glance of the stats, here's what scares me. And I'm going to give you, and I know you have a reason why they ought to be scared. The thing that jumped out at me, though, was this is a team who is among the best in the ACC in defending in the paint. They don't defend as well outside the three-point line, but inside the three-point line, which is where we want to be, they defend it really well. So that was the my first impression, but it's a tough opponent. But Bart, they've got to be looking, saying, because I went by the Coliseum just a little bit ago, and... Everybody's kind of in a mad scramble. Like, man, we got a game to get ready for. We play in forty eight hours, and we got to travel, and we got to pack, and we got to do all these things. Not to mention figure out a game plan for who we're going to be playing. What do you think they're saying in Pittsburgh right now?
1: Well, to me, that's the point. And I, I've been saying this for the last month about how I think we're a tough matchup, just because what we do defensively now. Pitt kind of reminds you a little bit of how some teams that are good defensively in the SEC play you. I mean, they're going to dare us to shoot outside shots. They're going to pack everything in, and that's kind of what we've been used to seeing, to be quite honest with you. But the thing about Pitt, if I'm sitting up there right now at the Peterson Event Center in Pittsburgh, I'm looking at film on Mississippi State. Probably some GA is trying to, to record all kind of games going on right now that we've played in. And they're going to look at that tape and say, you know what, they do some things defensively that we probably haven't seen all year. It's that double team. It goes back to what we said. It's that double team on the baseline, and we're going to force you into some some mistakes and try to speed you up a little bit. And so I think, to, to be quite honest with you, this may be tougher for Pitt because we do so many different things than what people are used to seeing defensively.
0: No, I think that's right. I think if we have an advantage, it is difficult to play and to prepare to play us in a short amount of time. Hey, these games in Dayton, by the way, Tuesday and Wednesday, I like playing Tuesday and not on Wednesday because I want the extra day to get ready for Iowa State if that is, in fact, what we were able to do and getting a win against Pitt. I like Pitt having less time to play us. But, hey, Bart, here's the one thing I would just take a step back and think about how impressive – what Mississippi State has done to make a run to this tournament and how impressive it is, the players, how they have responded, the job that Chris Jans and his staff have done. I mean, the guy's been here less than a year. He comes in, he basically doesn't have time to go build a team the way that you need to in college basketball today. But we had a stretch where we went one for eight, meaning one and eight, <laughs> lost eight out of nine games. But then the way we finished, beating TCU at home, beating Arkansas on the road, beating Texas A&M, beating Missouri, I I can't think. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I can't think of a more impressive coaching job of a first-year coach that we have seen in Mississippi State basketball. And I struggle to think of coaches across the country who have had teams in today's era of college basketball who lose eight out of nine and then turn it around the way this team did. I, I, I think it's, I mean, it's staggering what Chris Jans has done.
1: Well, It really is. And to me, Charlie, it's a 10-minute period that happened on January the 25th, and it was that loss that puts you at one and seven. You go on the road to Alabama, you're up 36-29 at the half, and, hey, that was one of those nights where it felt like somebody just jabbed you in the back with a knife. You lost 66-63, 60, and after that game was over, you're sitting at 12-8 and eight overall and 1-7 and in the SEC. But they're the, they were the, one of the top teams in the country. They're the a number one overall seed right now going to the NCAA tournament. But I think it was that game where we realized, let me tell you, our record is bad. We're 1-7 in the league. But we can play with anybody, and we just said if you could get through those first eight games in the SEC, everything was going to loosen up for you a little bit on the back end schedule-wise. But I go back to that moment on January the 25th when we got beat by Alabama 66-63, had a chance there at the end. Even though it was a loss, I still say that was the turning point.
0: I think you're exactly right, and I think it was validated a couple of days later when TCU came in. You had the seven-point win over a team that was, what, number – they were top ten at the time, I believe, finished number 11. Um, That was a big – that was just such a big win for us. But I think it all started, like you say, a a couple of days earlier against Alabama.
1: All right, so I look at Pitt. You look at Blake Henson, you know, scoring-wise, 16 points a game. Jamarius Burton, 16 points a game. Nellie Cummings, 11 points a game. This is a Pitt team that's kind of balanced. And going back to what you said about Jeff Capel a minute ago, I mean, he was a he was a big name at VCU. He got the Oklahoma job, and he spent some time at Norman as a head coach. And now he's in his fifth year as a head coach at Pitt. And this is really the first success he's had. But you know what? They didn't play – they played a lot of close games, first of all. You look at their schedule, and you look at who they played this year. They played – they had some really close wins. They had some close losses. And, you know, it. You hate to give credit to the to the tournament committee, but they do mirror us a good bit. I mean, they've, lo- they've lost some really close games. They've won some really close games. They're a really good defensive team. We're a really good defensive team. Both teams guard it well inside the three-point line. I mean, this could be a 49-47 game on Tuesday night.
0: And much like us, it's a team that can go back and say, one more basket in one more game, and we aren't going to Dayton. A one-point loss to Vandy, a one-point loss to Clemson, a seven-point loss to Notre Dame, a two-point loss to Miami. It just goes on and on for them. I do want to correct myself, by the way. TCU finished 22nd, lest anybody uh, be offended by the error there. But I think it's a good matchup. It, it's a fair matchup, I think. I think it's two teams that are alike. It's a game that we can win. It's a game that I don't know that anything would surprise me in a turnaround like this. But, man, just to be back. Just to be back in the tournament, just to play anywhere. I play in Sheboygan. I don't care. Just the idea of getting to play NCAA tournament basketball again, this is a big deal for us. And and the good thing is our players haven't done it, but this coaching staff has. And this coaching staff had a big win a year ago in the opening round of the tournament in 22.
1: Yeah, and, and here's the thing, too. It's going to be a true neutral side of event. The thing that Dayton does is very similar to what Omaha does. They own this these first games. They, they love having those first games of the tournament there in Dayton. And so they sell a lot of tickets to locals. It's almost like very similar to Omaha where a lot of locals really don't care who wins. They just go. It's almost like a party for two nights and a chance to showcase the city of Dayton. And so what comes with that, you do have that quick turnaround. I talked to Mike Ritchie with the Bulldog Club just a few minutes ago, and Mike was talking about, hey, with this play-in, that the only tickets you get are you know player pass lists. That's it. You don't get any additional tickets and because they buy them all up in Dayton. But it's not going to be a raucous atmosphere at all. Then when you get to go to Greensboro, if you get to go to Greensboro and play Iowa State, then it changes a little bit. The ticket situation in Greensboro, you do get a few more extra tickets, not very many, but Kentucky is going to be playing in Greensboro. Oh, by the way, how about Kentucky getting a six seed when Texas A&M got a seven seed being the runner-up in the SEC and playing for the SEC Tournament Championship?
0: And how about who Texas A&M has as their second-round matchup? If they beat Penn State, they get Texas in the next round. How about that?
1: Oh yeah. That that's nuts. But about us, you know, if we can get past Pitt, we played Iowa State just 2 years ago in the Big 12 Challenge. We beat them by like 40 points at the hump. And so, they've gotten better, we've gotten better. And man, I tell you what, Charlie, I just you can't just say enough about the excitement of getting to the NCAA tournament. And now I know the the women's selection show is going to be later today, later tonight. We're recording this. I mean, CBS just went off the air. And we just wanted the the, the hot button topic of getting back to the NCAA tournament. Man, it feels so good. The last time we won in the NCAA tournament, last time we won a game, was two thousand and eight. We won by seven in Little Rock. Over Oregon, we were. Is that 8-9 game. We beat Oregon by 7. Charles Rhodes had 34. That's the most that any player's ever had for Mississippi State in the NCAA tournament. Now, we lost to Memphis two days later in the, that one seed in Memphis, 77-74. But, man, it feels good to be back. Haven't been to the tournament since 2018. So, it's been five years. We played Liberty out in San Jose. Got beat by four by Liberty in that 5-12 matchup. And we were the five. They were the twelve. But they just jacked a bunch of threes and hit 12 threes in that game and just outscored us in the second half. Quinn Derry had a good night that night. But, man, it just feels good to get back to NCAA tournament basketball.
0: Well, I just want to get a win, face Iowa State, and then we're going to expose Shane Power, figure out whether he's a Bulldog or an Iowa State guy, right? We're going to make him choose between his his former teams. Um, Hey, look, I feel good about it. Didn't want to go to Dayton. Look, let's get that out of the way. Nobody wants to go to Dayton. Nobody wants to have to play that extra game. But if you got to go, all right. Pitt's a fair matchup. Iowa State. That's a fair first round matchup. If you can get there, and you know Xavier, you know, you know, pretty good. But I'll I'll take my chances there. So there are a whole lot of places on this bracket that could have been a worse place to fall.
1: Well, we'll get together later in the week. We'll talk about Mississippi State and women's basketball. They're going to make the NCAA tournament in women's basketball as well. And, of course, it's spring break week. You've got baseball down in Biloxi on Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm headed down there. Man, I'd love to have a quick turnaround and maybe try to get up to Greensboro. Don't know if it can happen because State's on the road in baseball this coming weekend at Kentucky. Charlie and I are in the roving Farm Bureau studios Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. You're in the studios in Well, I'm down here on the farm in South Winston County. But, hey, Charlie, just wanted to jump on here real quick, get the uh, instant observations from you. But at the end of the day, hey, we're in. To me, that's all it that counts.
0: No, absolutely. And, and then the last thing, and I know I've said it, but it bears saying again, this is a team that has worked so dadgummed hard to get where they are, and I'm excited for them. I I think it really would have hurt if you see a team put in everything this team did to get where they are, to respond to the type of coaching they had, to respond to the demands that were placed upon them in terms of the effort they had to give on the defensive end of the floor. We have had prettier basketball teams than this one. There's no question about it. We've had many – many better offensive teams than this basketball team. No question about it. But this team did something, quite honestly, that I don't think other teams at Mississippi State have ever done, and that is it dug in on the – defense. now, we've played hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm not selling anybody short who's played here. But this team dug in on the defensive end, night in, night out, coming off wins, coming off losses, better than any team that I can remember And are they perfect? No. But you know what? Bulldogs are kind of ugly anyway, and they're just kind of lovably ugly. And to me, that's what this basketball team is. It's just a little beautifully ugly. And so I I am really pleased just for those guys to have something good on the other side of all that work.
1: Charlie, I agree. And, hey, by nature, English Bulldogs are a lot prettier than French Bulldogs. You could definitely say that.
0: No, I can definitely say that. I'm not sure they smell much better having owned a couple of Bulldogs in my life. They tend to leave a trail everywhere they go, but that's okay. They're lovable. They're pretty. And that's, uh, they they're pretty ugly, but that's this basketball team. Uh, and, and I, I'm just, man, I'm, I am fired up about basketball again.
1: No doubt. All right, man. Hey, enjoyed it. We'll come back and, uh, have a midweek show for you and then, uh, Friday deep dig to get you ready for Kentucky and men's basketball. And and we may talk a little bit about, hey, if we can come in here and win on Tuesday night, we may revive the old post-game raps. Who knows? So, got a busy week upcoming. But right now, all that matters, dogs are dancing. They'll take on Pitt Tuesday night in Dayton. If you win, you play in Greensboro, North Carolina on Friday, get that extra day of rest, and take on Iowa State. So, you win against Pitt, you play Iowa State. But – we focused on the Panthers Tuesday night, up and date. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us as we get together on this NCAA basketball tournament selection show special.